0: edition of the Loftus Party podcast as we record this. We're doing this on Easter, people. We're doing this on Easter Sunday. That's our level of commitment. What's going on? What's going on over in uh, in Gypsy Camp, Gypsy Ground Zero Camp?
1: Um, I am taking the opportunity once again not to cook a holiday dinner, and we're going out and
0: having some food. Awesome. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's great, I got up uh very early this morning uh w- did a little did a little show called The Fox and the Friends, which was nice. Uh, yeah, which is uh always a lot of fun. That was a good time. I'm gonna have a great uh Easter. I got a uh one of those baskets uh delivered one of those one of those uh edible arrangement fruit baskets
1: mm. and I
0: was kind of the victim of some bait and switch. It had. Oh,
1: I'm sorry. Yeah,
0: yeah. Now it's it's a good looking basket, right? And you got your chocolate covered strawberries, and uh, you got your you got your grapes, and you got pineapple, and you got melon, and then there was three big chocolate bunnies on sticks. And I'm like, oh hell to the yeah! So that got delivered. And I'm like, I'm I'm just chowing down on one of these chocolate bunnies right now. I give I give zero craps, zero,
1: <laughs> take zero.
0: A, take a giant bite out of a bunny ear mm-hmm. to find out it was chocolate covered pineapple. And and was guess that... what? I... Okay. Oh, it was gross. It was gross. <laughs> There's a reason there's a reason chocolate-covered pineapple isn't a thing. There is. It's just it's just not a good flavor combination. Listen, I got nothing okay. against pineapple. I can I can eat some pineapple. I can drink some pineapple juice, but if you cover it in chocolate, we're going to have words. We're going to have words.
1: Without warning, especially.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. just Maybe and maybe that's what it was. My mental state. Okay.
1: I am. I am a big fan of the chocolate strawberry. However.
0: Oh, they knocked it out of the park with those. I got some. Mm-hmm. White, I got some some. Uh, regular chocolate covered strawberries. Then mm-hmm. I have cho- uh, the the white chocolate dipped strawberries. However, there's like a drizzle of real chocolate on the outside. It's a good balance. It's a good. I was going to say
1: that's the only thing that would make it edible because white chocolate is not a thing.
0: I know. It's tasty and delicious, but it's just a giant marketing scheme. White chocolate is the Democrat Party of the candy world. <laughs> they call it something. It isn't. Right. It's a giant deception. Um, we have a great show. I, I I feel bad. I haven't teased the show yet. We've got uh, a big week. We, this show... We got Cat Timph. We got uh, part two of our Cat Timph interview. Of course, we got what's on the web with Paul. We're going to be talking about uh, the infrastructure bill. We're going to be talking about a, a, a lot of Georgia, a lot of Georgia. And then I feel like I articulated something really well on on Fox and Friends this morning, and I think it's something that bears repeating. Uh, and this this latest boycott of Georgia – the latest boycott of Georgia is just a great example of what's going on and what we need to do. So we're going to jump in. We're going to jump in. I was invited on the, uh on the Fox in front. Oh, I should say this too. Uh, I'll be on the, uh the Greg Gutfeld show this Friday, this Friday. So look is for that, that. that
1: That's Like a- in studio
0: now. Oh yeah. We've been, we've been okay. doing it in studio. Yeah, my okay. last uh, my last three appearances have been in the studio. He's got a new set,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and and coming from the sitcom world, when you a, a lot of thought goes into sets, a lot of thought uh. goes into design and colors, and and I don't want to. Well, you guys will see this. This show will be out, but but Greg will be on Monday night at but, eleven.
1: I'm it's, a fan of Tucker's new set too.
0: I think. You know what? I don't like Tucker's, but Greg's is fantastic. Greg's is fantastic. <laughs> I don't
1: I don't I like, like the, the, wood the Tucker
0: ben. Carlson rustic vibe. I do. It doesn't it doesn't fit unless he's really trying to change his image. Like I because I know he's a he's an outdoorsman, you know, he likes he likes to fish. And,
1: yeah, fish and hunt and all that stuff.
0: It just doesn't fit. It doesn't fit for some reason. It's weird. There's there's who you want to be perceived. This this is very important, actually. There's ha- how you want to be perceived, and then there's also how people perceive you. And mm-hmm. you can fight it for a while, and you can try to change that perception, but for the most part, it's you're stuck. You're stuck.
1: Like, I t- think the- I ahead. first saw it on his um, podcast on Fox Nation it works really well for that.
0: Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. listen, the the Fox Nation thing, like the documentaries, he's out hiking around, he's talking to people, he's shooting guns, you're back in the studio, it's the wood paneling. Yeah, yeah, that's great. But on on uh Fox News, yeah, you could you got to you got to lose the wood paneling there, guy. You got to lose the I'm here in my cabin. That's just that's just my opinion. Beg- Does he
1: actually like tape in the same place in New York that Gutfeld and those guys do, or is that like a home studio?
0: I feel like I'm 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 speaking out of school here. I might get I, I don't think I don't think I'll get in trouble for this, but I believe that's like a home studio. That's one of the the upsides, if you will, of the whole COVID lockdown. There's more shows than you think that are on network television now. Uh, and cable TV where the person is sitting in their home. Th- they quickly realized, and this is what happened to me, like I'm not I'm not a Fox News correspondent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and last year, like April or, or May 16th, they were talking about, oh, we, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, blah, blah, blah. And then the lockdown hit, and I was told, hey, stand by, stand by. Uh, we got to figure out what we're doing here. So for legal reasons, they couldn't give – they have, like, these special satellite – it's almost like, a, like a, a modem all on its own. And it uh-huh. goes it, – it blasts directly from where you're recording to their satellite, and it feeds, and it's like a great picture, yada, yada, yada. So they only had X amount of those things, and they, they had on-air talent that got them, and then they, got, they had correspondents that got them. Everybody else was just kind of, like, locked out, good luck. You know, you'll be doing this on your laptop or your phone or whatever. All right. So I think what a lot of people discovered, this is all so technical and boring. Sorry, everyone. Uh, is that with, with these special satellite hookups, they're like, this show looks great. It looks great. Mm-hmm. All I have to do is invest a little bit of money in, in the background. And I think that's what a lot of cable outlets did. They just said, we're going to have our art department set design people make up a little something they'll deliver it to your house we'll set it up we'll bring in our lighting people make sure you're lit well and you've got a ton of news personalities who are like this is fantastic i get up in the morning i grab some coffee i go down to my basement i turn on the lights i activate the sable the the cable uplink and it's it's a, it's, that's part of the, that's part of the thing. So I think that's what, uh, several of the Fox news hosts do. So now we, so now we know, but you know, it's, it's always well, like, yeah, because I
1: think, I think like Mark Levin has done that for
0: years. Yeah. For his show. Yeah. But there's The only
1: always... thing that's weird about it for me, like I heard Joe Rogan say once he used to do it for, from his home studio and he decided to have. A studio local to him that was no longer in his home because he got tired of weird people coming into his
0: house. Well, yeah, and then like everybody's, every, everybody's different. Everybody has their own yeah. different jam. Uh, you know, Jim Brewer. He he, when he was doing his XM show mm-hmm. for whatever he he was that was one of the first homes to studios I had I had ever heard of. But there's just something about your frame of mind and being in the room at the same time with people. Like for, for Gutfeld yeah. for Gutfeld, they really went with they wanted to be back in the studio as fast as they could. Because when it's bebopping back and forth and you got four people sitting there and Tyra says something funny and then Kat chimes in and then you want to ch- chime in. You you need that those optical cues. Okay. So uh let's make fun of some idiots. Let's make fun of some idiots and then because this hit me like I was uh, getting ready to do Fox and Friends. I'm in the shower. I'm thinking about what I'm going to say and my, my talking points and everything. And it just it hit me. So I was on to talk about uh, Hollywood hypocrisy. Oh, everyone's mad at Georgia now. Everyone's mad at Georgia. And, uh, the you know, Major League Baseball is going to be boycotting and Coke is disappointed and they're. They're talking about oh doing something bad at Georgia and they were wondering, oh, is Hollywood is Hollywood going to uh uh you know, gonna boycott Georgia? And and, and they're not. And that's the thing. I was supposed to be coming and it is, it's very hypocritical because you know they're they're they say they, they hate Georgia, they say they're mad at Georgia because of this voting bill, uh, but yet they're still doing business with China. And that's the same thing with Coca-Cola. That's what I did my video on, uh, the, the the YouTube channel and at the website. So it's just, it is total hypocrisy. Major League Baseball. Oh my goodness, we got to get the, the all-star game out of here because blah, 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 blah. Here's
1: well, I mean, the big picture. None of them know what they're talking about, so.
0: They know exactly what they're talking about. They know exactly what they're, this is what. Now, I, I, to, I told my jokes, you know, oh, Hollywood's run by high schoolers, you know, it's, it's their fakes and phonies and frauds and they act, it's high school with money and blah, 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 blah. And I told my jokes and I got my laughs. Here's what is they, – they get two things. The left gets two things out of this. One, uh, they can just completely go, oh, it's, it's racist, it's racist, it's horrible. But it's part of this greater narrative. And, and we, got, we have to realize, and this has been going on for a long time, and when they started going after uh, Donald Trump for the Russia, Russia, Russia thing, not based in fact at all, not based in fact at all, and they ran with that and they ran with it for years, they're getting... A, an emotional response out of the American people. Here's what I said that I thought was brilliant on Fox and Friends. I'm like, you know, Ben Shapiro likes to say, uh, facts don't care about your feelings. Well, in Hollywood, the liberals say feelings don't care about your facts. And that, mm-hmm. is, that is where we are. The people who are arguing feelings are winning. We're getting clobbered. We got all, all, you know, voting systems and Dominion stuff aside, and mail-in ballots aside, the left is it. They're they're winning this. They can call the Georgia law racist. They can call it racist, 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 and they they never bring up the details. They can't bring up the details when they talk about this stuff because the details prove them wrong. You know, it's in fact i i don't I don't like the actual bill you know, with the, the drop off ballots and the uh, extra days for voting and all this stuff, it's like ho ho ho. When did it tur- when did it turn into you know voting week? Let's do voting day. Anyway, I'm losing my point. My point no, is No, no, that-
1: no. And I and I and I agree with that, but I I actually like from the top of the Democrat side of the house, which drives a lot of the media and makes Hollywood crazy. I think I know what they're really upset about, but they can't talk about it because if they talk about it, then everybody will realize that Georgia isn't really a blue state and Stacey Abrams didn't really win it for Biden.
0: Well, the big picture is this. I mean, yes, the the details of of everything is is wonderful. Here's the big picture. They've got uh, everyone – on the Democrat side going, oh, this Georgia bill's racist. It's racist. You can't give people water. You can't give people water in line. It's voter suppression that once again, the Republicans don't want black people voting. It's voting. It's racist. And that's the key word racist. And it's like, it's like in a movie, when you go, when you're watching a movie, you already kind of know who the bad guy is in the movie, just because the way the camera's on him, and just because mm-hmm. the way the music plays, you know, and you're like, ooh, that's the bad guy. That's what they're effectively doing to the Republican Party and the conservative side of politics. There is an emotional reaction that the Democrats are the good guys and the conservatives are the bad guys. And that's that's what it's all boiling down to and everyone can we can have all the fun in the world and we can make all the jokes in the world and ha 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 ha, ha and we're gonna laugh all the way to uh communist america like they they do that they like they, the new york post just came out with a story like aoc is like the least effective member of Congress. She's the least effective member of Congress. And, oh, here's a, and I'll tell, I'll I'll do AOC jokes. Absolutely. I'm going to ridicule her for being a, a horrible Congress person and all that. However, I would say she's a giant success. She is a giant success.
1: They're all terrified of her.
0: They're all terrified of her. She's got a huge base and she is pushing everyone left. You can talk, oh, Bernie, Bernie's funny to make fun of, Bernie Sanders, he's got three houses and he's a socialist, fun to make fun of, but guess what, he's winning, he's winning, Nancy Pelosi, I'm Nancy Pelosi, oh, I've had so many faces, I'm drunk all the time, I talk very silly, La da da, la. fun to make fun of, she's winning. The time is now, we're at a turning point, I don't think it's too late. But conservatives, as much as we hate boycotts and as much as we talk about and listen, will we be called hypocrites? Yes, we will. I don't care. I don't care because we've been calling the left hypocrites for frickin 40, 50, 60 years. Here they come. We keep getting more and more socialist. They don't care. So let's get up. Let's get up. Let's get loud. And I am. I am talking about massive boycotts and punishments. And it has to work the other way, too. I mean, like, if, if, if we're going to uh, boycott Major League Baseball, let's put that money somewhere else. If, you, if you're going to boycott this, get a subscription to The Blaze. If you're going to boycott that, subscribe to do something else with that money. To support someone on the right.
1: Well I'm being called a hypocrite.
0: Why are you being called a hypocrite? What did you do?
1: Because I am 100% thrilled. That the Georgia House said really Delta? Losing your tax break on jet fuel. Yeah. like You have relied on Republican largesse. And focus on business growth. For the last three decades, you want to start this shit now? Go ask the Democrats for it. Yeah. Because you're not going to get it. They're just going to tax the shit out of you.
0: I think it's great. I think it's great. I'm glad they're
1: doing it to the Major League Baseball and antitrust. I'm glad the Republicans in Washington are going out. Like, you want to get political? No more crony capitalism for you. Don't talk to me about free markets because that's not any of what this is. This is all crony capitalism. And if Republicans are finally waking up to the fact that corporate America hates them, maybe they'll write the shit.
0: And that is I remember talking about it a million years ago on the show about how Levi's one of the great disappointments. It's like the more you do this stuff and the more you dig and the more you find out, it's like one of my huge disappointments was like Levi's jeans. They're actively going after the Second Amendment. Actively. Like a mm-hmm. piece every time you buy a pair of jeans, they're they're investing in some gun control advocacy group and it's like what what no. But they but they were doing it before it was air quote cool. So yeah, we got to stand up. We got to use the power of our wallets and we have to become a huge inconvenience for these people. Here's what I want the Republican well, it- Party to be. Here's what I want the conservative common sense people to be. Have you ever have you ever you're, you're in line at the drive through like at uh, at Burger King or something and they hand you your bag and you look in there and and you're like, "Oh, you forgot the fries." And then they go, "Okay, we'll get those right out. Just pull over to the side. Just pull over there and park and we'll bring them right out." Now, if you pull over and park, which is the nice thing to do, which is the conservative thing to do, yes, they'll get you your fries. But if you, you know what a uh, you know what a liberal does? A liberal does not move their car. A liberal stays right there, jams yeah. up the whole thing and goes, "No, I need my fries. I want my fries. You better and guess what? You get them a little bit faster. Yep, you're a dick. Yep, you're a jackhole, but you get your fries. That's what we need to do. We need to jam up the system. We need to be super loud, and we need to hit these dumb sons of bitches. And they're not even dumb. They know what they're doing, but we got to hit them in the wallet. We got to hit them hard.
1: Here's the other thing I want to see, because I think Republicans need to get a little smarter about this, too. So, Stacey Abrams, we understand we've made a change to absentee balloting. We understand you have a concern about people having appropriate ID to being able to access that ballot. So, I, Governor Kemp, for every voter registration drive you run, I will send state employees from the DMV that will be there to make sure. That The people you register have appropriate ID, and if they do not, we will issue one of Georgia's free voter IDs on the spot. And yeah. then keep track of how many, and when it's like six, burner with it.
0: <laughs> I'd I, I love it. Listen, I, I want to get, like, super aggressive on but, I mean, voter don't, ID. Like,
1: you have a problem. Let's solve it together oh you don't like long lines do you know where we have the largest number of electors per precinct Stacey abrams that's in forsyth county they have almost double the other counties let's get together and recruit poll workers so we can open more precincts in forsyth county so you don't have to provide buffets and beverages because nobody's going to be in line for more than 30 minutes
0: that's yeah, that's, that's all, that's all wonderful. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. As I'm long saying as,
1: take away their objections. Take away their objections. Say, we're here for you. We're going to work on this. Let's work on it together.
0: Yeah, I'm like, let's get a bunch of, you know what, this whole, this whole, you can't give out water in line. You know what, we're going to do that. We're going to send, we're, we're going to send our army of Make America Great Again people in their red hats and their red t-shirts, and we'll gladly give everyone a bottle of water in line. <laughs> what? they'll offer it up. It'll be shocking. It'll be shocking how, oh, no, you're not allowed to do that. You're not. It's the messaging. It's the messaging, the messaging, the messaging, and it's, it's counterintuitive uh, for the right to do this, you know, with boycotts and everything, I just can't say it enough, but by supporting this channel, by supporting theloftestparty.com, dot com, subscribing to the YouTube, uh, supporting on Patreon, so we can get more ads. We need to get louder, 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 and the the media, the the news channels, and and all over. They've got to they've got to put on. Their show, they got to do their stories and do this and do that because they got to they need advertisers. They need money. It's about revenue. You know, MSNBC, CNN, Fox, uh, One America, Newsmax, all of them. They're they're selling ads. And so they you know, you want to see the fight and all that stuff. So the real solutions are going to come from. Unlikely places. The real solutions are going to come from shows like this. They're going to come from uh, independent journalists. And oh my gosh, like Project Veritas just won their lawsuit uh, against the New York Times. I don't even know if you guys heard about this, but that's fantastic. That's fantastic. That's what we need more of. More aggressive, if you lie about me, if you slander me, we're going to go after you. Oh,
2: really?
1: We're
0: gonna, And we're going to go after you hard and make you regret it.
1: I actually tweeted, I really want Ben Shapiro to represent Gina Carano against Heidi Heitkamp because Heidi Heitkamp called her a Nazi on national television.
0: I think that's great. <laughs> Seriously, like- you, you got to sue that bitch. You have to sue her for that and you Mm -hmm. have to make it hurt because that's what it is. How many apologies? She actually said
1: on Bill Maher's show, oh, I may have just defamed her. No, you absolutely did. You idiot.
0: Yeah. (laughs) The Uh thing with the the Russia, Russia, Russia thing and Trump's a Russian spy and all this. uh, None of it's based on fact. It was all conjecture. But they did it, so they baked it in for four years. They baked it in, and on the mainstream media, they're like, "Oh man, America, it's just wacky now. It's 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 horrible. It's too much. There's so much evil, and every crime. T- I remember they they were talking about, oh my gosh, racial crime is up. Racial c- crime is exploding right now. Mm-hmm. They don't care. They don't care. No, nope. they will win at any cost. They lie." For years, because they're baking in that narrative that if you're on the right, you're a racist, you're a Nazi, you're a horrible person. Meanwhile, they are slowly but surely turning us into uh, Venezuela North. What we've been doing, just just pointing, oh, we're pointing out the hypocrisy. Oh, that's no good. But I don't believe in boys. They don't. They don't. They don't. So we're going to keep getting louder and we're going to keep pushing back and we're going to keep uh, keep inviting people to the Facebook page. Keep keep on keeping on. We're going to grassroots this thing, but we're going to get louder because I want to be in a position where, yeah, if we need to sue somebody, we can sue Facebook. They they oh, my gosh, I was talking about this last week on the on the live stream, they they dialed us down again because of a meme because of a meme so it's not going to get it's not going to get better on its own everybody thinks oh I'll just wait and see wait and see wait and see listen the wait and see ship has sailed it's time to get motivated okay so we're going to take a little break and we're going to come back and we got part two of uh, the, the wonderful Cat Tim I believe I believe this is the episode where if you listen closely, you'll hear her dog fall. It's a very exciting part. She I like I like cat a lot. I'm so happy she was on the show. So stick around and we'll be right back with uh, part two of our Cat 10th interview.
3: As a small business owner, you deserve more. More confidence, more connectivity, more of the tools that help your business thrive. And at Cox Business, you can expect more from us. We don't just have sales reps, we have perfect plan identifiers. People who will work with you to make sure your business gets everything it needs and nothing that it doesn't. Your business deserves more, and that's why you can expect more from Cox Business. Call 800-526-8572 to switch today.
2: Today, this breakfast isn't just breakfast. It might be the first McDonald's breakfast you're having at McDonald's again. This lunch might be a weekly tradition you hadn't had in weeks. And this dinner might be the first one you bought for not just you in a while. Whatever this order is for you, McDonald's will be here to take it. Get more of the chicken you love with a delicious McChicken sandwich for $1. And for an extra buck, add a refreshing Dr. Pepper. Dining rooms are starting to reopen in certain communities. At participating McDonald's, cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal.
0: So now, so how do, this is the question that I always get, because a few years ago, I'm like, screw it. I'm not going to hold back. People want to know who I voted for. I'm going to tell them who the hell I voted for. Uh, what's, what's the reaction like when you come on stage? It's got to be like a bit of an uphill battle, right?
3: Right. And it's, it's nuts because um, I did have an incident, actually, where I was, at, this was years ago, but I was on stage And a Brooklyn, you know, place like Hipster, Hipster, Hipsterville, and like somebody like recognized I worked at Fox, started yelling it out, and people were screaming at me. And I just like got off the stage. I was like, all right, like we're not gonna, we're not gonna do this. And it, and, 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 and what I did was also, I was like, so what, what did I say something that upset you? But nobody knew, right? Like it was just that yeah. I, didn't. and I didn't even vote for Trump, not that it matters if I did. Like I voted for Joe Jorgensen. I voted, I vote libertarian every year. Everybody knows that. Um, and, but like it doesn't matter. It's like if, if you like, Breathe the air in the Fox News building. You're like an evil person, and it's just like imagine having such a simple mind. I'm glad that I don't. Um, <laughs> but it's just unbelievable, really.
0: Yeah. So I mean, that's 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 a challenge, and and I I don't know. I it's uh and it's got to be tough because you're probably just doing a lot of pop ins. I mean, it'd be one thing if you were going down the road. It's like, hey, it's an evening with Cat Timph. But if right. you're popping into Stand Up New York, that's like. That was my beef when when Louis CK came back. They just popped him on stage at the cellar. And I think you just need to give people a heads up, you know. Right, Louis yeah. doing a set just so anyway, uh I'm I'm so glad that you're you're still doing uh stand up. You got to be itching to get back on stage. We don't know when New York's going to be opening back up. But anyway,
3: right. Yeah, I don't want to do shows that it's like, all right, you're in a you're in a you know, you're in, like, standing on, or near, the, the, you're surrounded by plexiglass, and then everybody's, like, you know, all spread out and far away, and, and also, we, we're outside, and it's just like, ah, this is just, this is not what it should be, so.
0: Yeah, Nick Swardson.
3: Oh, yeah, love Nick Swardson.
0: That was, love the was Nick driving, Swardson. It was driving me crazy. Nick Swardson and I, as part of this, I'll tell the, oh my god, this is not about me. Anyway, we did this show uh, it was a private party for like, it was like Maxim or men's health or something. And like literally these, these horrible people, they weren't even listening. So the first guy goes up and, uh, Nick and I are back. I'm like, okay, so who's going to close it out? And I'm like, I don't want to close this thing out. I want to, I want to get out of here so I can hit the bar. So, so the MC, they just talked right over him. It was horrible. And so that I went up And I just, like, put the needle on the record, right? I have to do 10 minutes, so I just blew through my act. Just didn't care. Just didn't care. Just get me out of there. And Nick! And I'd never seen anybody do this at, like, a corporate function or a private party. But Nick just gets up there and just, like, starts dropping F-bombs. F-you. Screw you people. You suck. If you don't want to hear this, get the F out. Like, leave now. I'm not kidding. I'm not Uh And it was just, like, so aggressive. And fantastic. He did yeah. great. He did great. Yeah, Nick is a. Uh, I Nick's remember a good
3: Nick said, Like, oh, man.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, uh, so just going to go back here. You moved to DC, which seems yeah. kind of random. Did you have a job offer? Yes.
3: I got a job. I had a job offer uh, to be a web editor at the Washington Times. So, and at the time, I was like a waitress and like had to have an apartment. So, like, I had to, I really. Jumped at the opportunity.
0: How did you how did you get that?
3: I had, had you, interned there in college.
0: You interned uh, everywhere. You're like yeah. interning at, at, at Fox. You're going to Long Beach Radio.
3: Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm doing my best. I'm a, I'm hustling.
0: <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. So so you're you're working in DC. Is that can you do you know the moment where like it all kind of shifted where you're like, okay, I'm good at this. I feel comfortable and confident. Was-
3: I mean, I still don't know if I feel that way. Um- <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good.
3: Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's still kind of like unbelievable that I've actually, you know, managed to achieve the things that I have. But they had a radio station inside the Washington Times building. And I walked in there and I was like, I, you know, have broadcast experience. Like, can I be? And I ended up doing this like segment every day on the show. I didn't even like, you know, my broadcast experience was, of course, giving bad traffic directions. Yeah. Um, But, you know, they, you know, they didn't need to know that. Um, and I did well. So, and then I got a job at campus reform and they kind of wanted to train me to like be on TV, like TV. I had like a couple, and I had like a couple sessions of TV training, like two or three, yeah. but they, they wanted to throw me on TV and like, I made videos. And so that's how I started getting on TV. And then I said, I wanted to move to New York and just like telecommute. So I did that. I lived in this horrible Harlem apartment. And then it was like, you know, after I got to do my first red eye and you know, I met Greg, that's just like, you know, we just hit it off.
0: Yeah, um, now, was there, a, was there a brief stint at with, with Barstool as well?
3: Yeah, mm, that's, I, I worked at Fox already, but I did a year at Barstool Sports, and it, that was really fun. I had a great time working there. Um, it was not like the mammoth, you know, empire that it is now. It's like, when I would go film these videos, it would be like me and like, you know, Dave's like best friend, Paul, who works there. Yeah. Yeah, the, we would just, it would be like just us two.
0: I remember seeing a video. I think you were down like interviewing people at spring break, and I just thought this is yes. great television. This is yes, great. It was
3: great. <clears throat> and I was like going to all the day clubs in Cancun and asking people like p- questions about the election. It was twenty sixteen.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, fantastic stuff. Okay, yeah. So, so you you fall in with uh, with the Greg Gutfeld on on Red Eye. I was always so jealous of that. In <laughs> se- no seriously, in in the very first season of red-eye i was invited to be on and so i was i would i went down to like the fox studios in la and so it was like via satellite and it just it was fun you know and i did well but you could just i was like so jealous of you guys that were in the studio i'm like there's no i'm like it sucks it sucks when you're sitting there and you're like there's no need for me there is no need
4: for me (laughs)
0: So that that had to be that had to be great because yeah. that was a good long run. You could just go in there every night and just let it rip.
3: Yeah, I, yeah, I love, yeah, I loved Red Eye, and I had been a fan before I was ever on the show. So I was like so nervous for my first time. I threw up, but
0: that's awesome. Okay, yeah. and then I want to talk about because I, I did a little wi- I, I did a little wiki on you. Okay. Tell me about the run in with the the Star Wars fans. I had no oh, idea wow. about. This
3: oh wow okay so this is like the this is like the 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 biggest public scandal i've ever been involved in and it's like really i never thought it would be a joke i made about a movie but it was okay so the star wars movie came out i'm on red eye which obviously is like you know a comedy like satire ridiculous show and i'd never seen it so i said i was wasn't interested in watching space nerds fight with their space nerd sticks and then i said (laughs) I've never seen I said this is what really touched a nerve with these people like the super I said I'd never seen Star Wars because I've been too busy liking cool things and being attractive (laughs) yeah so didn't think twice about it whatever like like little joke on red eye and then um
0: so you guys we just had Star Wars interrupt us but we're back.
3: Yeah, the guys are going after they're go- So I don't know. Right,
2: right where now, I left
0: off. Right now, Star Wars fans are like, that's what you get. That's yeah. what you get. So no, you said you made this joke. Uh I, I've never seen Star Wars because I was too busy. Yeah, I've been I've been cool, I've been things, busy and looking cool beautiful. things
3: and being attractive. So I keep <laughs> I keep living my life. And then right. a month later, I start getting all I get flooded with emails of like Star Wars fans telling me like that some of the most vile, vile. I mean like threats like credible threats not like I want to kill you but like I'll be at your apartment in Bushwick tomorrow like you're going to die okay that's not cool like I'm going to like 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 rape threats like horrible things flooding me and I because it's some basement dwelling youtuber made yeah. a vi- found these comments and a month later made a video of them and presented it as like a fact check of my joke as if I was like a news anchor and like saying that on the news That's hilarious. And then like the video had like this montage of hot chicks in Star Wars t-shirts. Like, (laughs) like, oh, is she not attractive? Is she not attractive? Is she not attractive? So like, that's how everybody saw it. But I had to like get the police involved. I was a Buffalo Wild Wings question for a while. Like this was a huge. What? Yeah. I had to like be on the phone with Apple and like find a way to do like triple like authentic, like, 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 security, because they, they were threatening to hack, like, my iCloud, and, and then wow. they got even more mad, because when this happened, I wrote a piece for National Review saying that I was not sorry.
4: <laughs> like, that was the I headline.
3: I was like, I am not sorry for making a joke about Star Wars.
0: See, you know what? And this is like, and I'm not blowing smoke, but that's like, you instinctively were doing the solution to cancel culture, like, yeah. in the moment. Like I'm not sorry. I stand by my comments. Yeah. Evetvi. Have, have
3: I'm like you're going to cancel me because I made a joke about a movie. Like I, I like I, like, I'm not, I, I'm not allowing that.
0: <laughs> That's fantastic. And 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 I'm a huge uh, Star Wars fan. But I, I apologize. <laughs> I apologize on behalf of the community. Right.
3: But again, you're at least moderately well. Like I don't know about well adjusted, but moderately adjusted. Oh, you uh-huh. know
4: like yeah, you don't, and maybe you are,
3: you, you don't have to be that well adjusted to not do that. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I just, and Greg told me, Jesus, the dog just <laughs> fell over. The dog <laughs> just flipped off the chair. Sorry, you okay, buddy? You all right, he's all right. He doesn't if care. He's like a full if, dog, he's like meaty, he falls all over the place.
0: If you're keeping track at home, we've had the go blow your nose elsewhere. Yeah. We've had impromptu dance music and now yeah. spontaneous bulldogs flipping off of me.
3: Yeah, he just, he's sitting next to me on the chair and he just he backflipped. I don't know where, I don't know. He just That's... flipped. Over, he just flipped. <laughs> he just flipped onto his head and he doesn't, I guess he doesn't, it doesn't bother him.
0: So. That's great. Okay. Um, yeah. Now, just last thing, last thing. Uh, how stoked are you about the uh the the gutfeld show five nights a week?
3: Oh, I mean, I am unbelievably stoked. And I mean, just some of the things that I've told you, obviously, about my journey, as they yeah. call it on The Bachelor. Right. That's right. Your truth, journey your journey has been you know, less than smooth. And I've been hustling, and this is the most like a dream come true, and I'm so excited. And we have so much fun making the show. So I think that, you know, that's part of the reason why it's so fun to watch because, I mean, it's obviously going to be a ton of work. And yeah. a lot of people have asked us, like, how are you going to feed this content beast five nights a week? And it's like, well, because we love doing it and because it's fun um, and we have a team of great people. And um, I'm just really, really beyond excited.
0: And, and once again, and, and, I'm, and I'm not blowing smoke, but just having been around, uh, you know, you know, sitcoms and blah, 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 blah. You can tell. You can tell that like this is the kind of conversation that you and, and Greg and, and Tyrus would be having regardless.
3: Right. Like if you
0: guys were like hanging out in a coffee shop, it would be the same show.
3: Right. Yeah. And we 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 all have genuine friendships with each other. Um, and 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 we really enjoy making television together. And I think that that comes off to people yeah. who are watching it.
0: Yeah, that's fan. I, I really and I'm gonna make the bold prediction now i know uh greg greg was saying it like you know oh it's gonna be legit and they're doing you know he's being self-deprecating but they're, they're gonna do ads you know on, yeah on we never had ads. ads
3: we got ads
0: i tell you what you guys you should really consider doing some kind of uh like a, a pool for when you overtake i i i genuinely am saying this i i think you're gonna beat because uh, it's a full hour show, so there's going to be about 25 minutes where you're against Fallon and Kimmel yeah. uh, and everyone. Now, granted, most people turn into those shows for the for the monologue. That's how it's always been with Leno and 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 even Carson going back that far. So that'll be the it'll it'll be very. I, I just wonder at what point you guys will overtake them in the ratings. It might you happen right out of the gate. Our
3: show has that a lot of those don't have. They increasingly don't have. Is jokes, (laughs) (laughs) and I know that that seems really simple for a comedy, you know. Like, I jokes it, it it, Trump broke a lot of people in a lot of different ways, I think. And one of them is they spent four years not being comedy shows and giving these impassioned political monologues, which is which is fine, you know, whatever. Do you? But that's not the reason for those shows. It's supposed to be comedy and supposed to be, you know, jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now that Trump's gone, like, they're still making jokes about Trump. Or they're like, okay, we're going to make fun of Tucker now. Or we're yeah. going to, like, you know, because they, they don't want to make fun of the current administration or they're hesitant to. Which I find to be quite easy. So I don't, <laughs> um, it's not like there's no material there, you know. So um, we have jokes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's fantastic. And then once once the uh, the quarantine's lifted and more people can back get back in the building, you're gonna pick back up on 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 sincerely cat, yeah. Yeah, that that yeah. show was great.
3: Thank you. I had a lot of fun doing that show. It always was. It always wound up unhinged by like the second question. Um, <laughs> but like it, it got so unhinged. There was an episode that Terry Schappert was on. He's a yeah. good buddy of mine. And He was on in in the middle of the episode. He just threw his hands up in the air and started shouting, isn't anybody going to come shut this down? (laughs) Um, No, that was only like the seventh episode. There were very many after that. So um, no, like it's, but it's, it's fun. And when things can get unhinged, but like, that's the virtue of it. That's always the most fun thing to do. And there's a lot of episodes of Greg Gutfeld that have been like that too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love those. It's those spontaneous moments where it kind of goes, It kind of goes off the rails and like I had, I had no, I did not see that left turn coming, but it's exactly. So, Hey, Kat, um, thanks so much for your time and congratulations on all this, all the success. Uh, And I hope to be seeing you guys uh, down there soon.
3: Oh, you'll be Um, on soon. Come on.
0: Oh, uh, we'll see. We'll see (laughs) if I'm not, if I'm not banned from the building and (laughs) I can't wait for more episodes of Sincerely Cat. And are you are you writing another book or what? What are you do? I'm looking
3: on. I'm looking at writing a book. I'm looking at writing a book. Uh, like I, 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 can write. I write for fun, and I love to write, and I write nonstop. It's the problem is organizing it into a book. Yeah, you know.
0: Well, you got to do that. Everyone. That's that's what all the that's what all the kids are doing nowadays. They're writing a book.
3: I know. I know. All, all this- right.
0: So, so write a book, and then we're gonna stay in touch. I'll see you down at at, at, at the Gutfeld Show at some point. But then, then I'm now the, now I'm gonna be a never ending annoyance. Like, hey, how's the book? Hey, what's the title of the book? How's the book coming?
3: Perfect. I need that.
0: All right, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do it. Don't look fucking shocked.
3: <laughs> no, I won't. <laughs>
0: when I ask you. All right. Have a great Sunday. Uh, and I think I think lasagna maybe uh, the, the the meal tonight. I'd love that. Right? Someone should yeah. deliver that. Okay. Cat, thanks so much. I hope your puppy's okay from pulling on its head.
3: Oh, he's fine. <laughs> All right. He I'll, lives talk, for- I'll talk to you later. Thank All you. right. Bye-bye.
4: Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous.
0: Thanks for being here, everybody. Holy smokes! What a show. Big shout out. Big shout out to uh, Catherine Temp. What an interesting what an interesting life. And I'm not even kidding. From, you know, Detroit and starting in stand-up and going out to California and doing traffic and then getting fired and going to DC. I'm a fan. She's having a great adventure. Super thrilled. I can't wait. I'll be seeing her on uh, on Friday, and you guys all have to watch uh, the Greg Gutfeld show. We got to make that we got to make that a big hit. He's doing a eleven o'clock, eleven o'clock, five nights a week. that's that's uh that's big time. There's gonna be that half hour bleed over where he's up against Kimmel. he's up against Fallon. he's up against Colbert. I would nothing would make me happier than if the Greg Gutfeld show in his second half hour, was beating the traditional late night hosts that would just be awesome wonderful and good so let's make that happen okay your timing is perfect everybody for sticking around because you're probably like whoa isn't this about the time they do my favorite segment what's on the web with paul oh guess what look at your watch it's time for what's on the web with paul What's up, man? How you doing? Michael, happy Easter. Happy to be here. Yeah. Uh, we are we are hopping down the bunny trail. I am I'm gonna be overeating. I'm gonna be packing my 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 face with chocolate and all kinds of deliciousness all day long. But let's get to the important stuff. Let's get to the important
2: stuff. What's on the web, buddy? Well, let's start off with coming home, baby, is insane levels of cool. And that is about Mel Torme. What do you want to that, say about that?
0: Here's what I want to say. Okay. And, and I, 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 I wrote a little blurb about it when I posted this. I'm just going to tell you guys right now, what's on the web with Paul might go a little bit long because I totally forgot about this. and I'm glad you brought it up. When I was a kid growing up, my, my, my parents had a great sense of humor. Uh, we loved the Carol Burnett show. The Carol Burnett show was all this. Every once in a while, though, they'd have this guy on, Mel Torme and he was just horrible just absolutely horrible i had a response <laughs> when he was on the show you knew it was going to suck you knew it was going to suck you knew the skits were going to suck you knew he'd have to he'd do a musical number and it was going to suck and i just i just had a reaction to this guy so the other night i'm watching the latest episode of uh the the falcon and the winter soldier on, on Disney Plus, right? So I'm watching that, and I've, I've got issues with that show. That's a whole other subject. At one point, they go into this, this like scientist's lab because uh, he's making this uh, serum that makes you a super soldier, right? They go into his lab, and they're sneaking around, and on the radio, the scientist is listening to this song, and the song just like hits me. I'm like, what in the Sam Hill? Literally, dude. I pause the show, I rewind it, I get my phone out, and I got this app called uh, Shazam, which you press a button, and it listens to the song, and it tells you what it is. So I'm like, what is that song? So I press play on the DVR, it starts back up, I hit Shazam, and I'm like, what, in, what, 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 and it pops up Mel Torme. Dude, I almost pooped my pants. I'm like, <laughs> Mel Torme? The unfunniest, worst, horrible, the, the bane of my comedy existence of my childhood. Then I go to YouTube, like, because I, I couldn't believe it. I go to YouTube and I watch the video, and it's this insane video from Mel Torme is doing this song called Coming Home Baby. And it's the Judy Garland show. So. It's like 19, maybe it's like 59, 60 or something. And Judy Garland and, and all of her, whatever, she had major drug issues. She introduces Mel Torme. The camera cuts to the set and it's a set full of motorcycles. There's like a pyramid of motorcycles in the background. There's motorcycles in the foreground. And then there's like supermodels, like the, the the really slinky nineteen. 50s, 60s, wacky models laying on these motorcycles. It was the most surreal thing ever. Then Mel Torme, who once upon a time, I guess, was skinny. He comes (laughs) out and starts singing this song. And dude, I haven't been able to stop. I haven't been able to stop listening to that. And it was just like, just a great discovery. I've I've listened to that song probably 50 times in the past two days. That was a long, long way to go to tell that story. But if you... (laughs) you got to go to theloftistparty.com. you got to see the video from the Judy Garland show. It's insane. But the song is just fantastic. The song is just so, it just oozes that 50s cool. And it's just so odd it's Mel Torme. Okay, that was a long way to go. Sorry about that. What else is on the web?
2: Well, next thing is The Cosmic Courtship, Hawthorne's Son, Lost Sci-Fi Tale. I wrote this, and most people are probably familiar with Nathaniel Hawthorne. Because he's one of America's supposed literary greats. I guess you could argue about that. But a lot of people end up reading The Scarlet Letter in high school, and they're probably Mm -hmm. introduced to him that way. Well, he had a kid named Julian Hawthorne. And in the 1900s, he wrote a sci-fi story called The Cosmic Courtship. And so that's now in the process. There's some people who are going to clean up a bit of it and not like re-edit it, but I mean – I guess, clean up the original artwork for it, and then they're going to republish it and they're doing a crowdfunding for it. But I thought that wow. was interesting because when you think Nathaniel Hawthorne, you're thinking some guy who lived a long time ago and is just so far you know, in the past that we can't relate to him. And yet his son was writing a sci-fi story in the earliest 20th century. So I thought that kind of closed the gap between Nathaniel Hawthorne and our time so i thought that was kind of neat so that's
0: extremely cool
2: it is and that's what i thought so people who are interested in that need to go to the loftiest read about that if they want to go to the kickstarter they can go to the kickstarter it's kickstarter or instagram or go me one of those i think it's an, yeah. i think it's kickstarter doesn't really matter you'll find out when you go to the dot and you can read all about that so that was pretty interesting i thought yeah the cosmic courtship i dig it okay uh what else what else we got Lisa K, motivating music with positive vibes. Did you take a look at that? And did you listen to any of the music? And do you have any comments on that? Uh, you know what? I have to go back and look at
0: the set list. I need to look at the 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 actual set list. I'm clicking on it now.
2: Well, there was Skillet, Flatfoot, Seventh Day Slumber, Zuby and Toby Mac. You've heard of Zuby probably because you're on Twitter and you probably see yeah him run across your feed. Yeah, you ever listened to any of his music, I but,
0: have not listened to any Zuby. I need to, I need to to listen to some Zuby.
2: But people can go there, and the reason Lisa K wrote that is because we heard we heard all last week about what's this guy's name, Lil Nas X, or something like that, and he's putting out his his Satan video and his Satanic shoes, which are now being somebody suing somebody over that. So I don't know if you get them, but her point was instead of doing the rage clicks and being outraged by people who want you to be outraged. Go find some good music and focus on that. So I thought that was a a good post. Great point, man. Great point. It's very easy for people to go, you know what? I don't
0: participate. Like, well, I'll review uh, something, you know, like Marvel, like Falcon and Winter Snowman or, you know, Captain Marvel or something. And a lot of times you'll post this and people go, you know what? I don't even, I don't even, I just don't, I don't even. Okay. That's great. (laughs) That's great. So if you're not seeing the new Marvel movie, what movie are you seeing? They need like, to read my books read my stories. <laughs> yes, yes they need to read they need to read stories of of, of people like you. they need to see uh, movies that are made outside the studio system. this is it's too funny, but that's what that's what the gimlet and I were talking about in in the A block. You can't just not participate you guys. you can't just sit idly back and expect things to get better. If you're not gonna watch that movie, what movie are you gonna watch? Not, I'm not telling you you have to do it, but you know what I'm saying. You're like, oh, I don't want to participate in that. Okay, so pick up Paul's book. Exactly. You don't want to participate in that. Participate. Those dollars mean things. The, the dollars it, it encourages other artists, and like, oh my gosh, if if it's not a viable alternative. You'll have no alternative. So anyway, I'm, I'm up on a high horse. Let's, let's keep, let's keep <laughs> rocking on with what's on the web. I'm all passionate today.
2: I've written about Gen X a few times in the past, and I've started doing that a little bit more now. I wrote two Gen X posts this week because nobody cares about Gen X. You know, you've got your millennials and you've got your boomers, and then you've got Gen X sandwiched in between. Mm-hmm. Of course, the first rule of Gen X is you don't talk about Gen X, so I violated that rule ah. by writing it about it. But I thought, why not? I'm Gen X. There has to be an audience out there for Gen X stuff. So the first thing I wrote, Fight Club of Generation. The first rule of Gen X is don't talk about Gen X. That's exactly right. Exactly right. And so I wrote two posts. The first post I wrote this week is why I don't define myself by entertainment from the 1980s. Yeah, a lot of a lot of Gen X people talk about that. You you need to go to to the post to read why I wrote it and um, just more of my thoughts about that. Then you can find my second post on Gen X, but. That's that's my point is uh, I, if nobody else wants to talk about it, that's leaving an opening for me. So if you're following the Loftus Party.com, which you should be, you're probably going to see a few more Gen X posts pop up there on a regular basis.
0: There you go. There you go. And I will say this. I'm looking at one of your posts, Gen X, why I don't define myself by entertainment from the 1980s. And you got a picture of the Princess Bride up there. Are you not a Princess Bride fan?
2: It's a great photo. Well, well, I was, but but this could be this could be a show in of itself.
1: The point <laughs>
2: is that when you get it, used to the old conservative saying was, "Well, you can't, you know, you can't like or dislike entertainment because of somebody's political beliefs." That was the old saw. Yeah. If people want to still believe that, that's fine. But when you, now, I've gotten to the point where I don't buy into that. I don't need to see any of these old movies. Um, you got that tweet on there from Carrie Elwes. Yeah. And you can read what that is at my post. And then who directed Princess Bride? Rob Reiner. Yes. Yeah. So I, I've i said in there, if people want to like it, go for it. I've just kind of, I was, I didn't really, I didn't tear into any of those movies in that post, but I just okay. I, it, it, it it talks about why I say what I, I said and what I, I, the reasons, I give those reasons in there, but people got to go read that and they can see that and if they. They like that. They can then go read My Life Under Threat of Nuclear War about how Gen X had to grow up with that as well. Yeah, fantastic. All right, home stretch, guy, Bring Let's go with, uh, we talked about the Nier video game before, and then you wrote a post this week called Get Fired Up for Nier with some awesome cosplay.
0: Oh, my goodness. I'm glad you picked that one. I'm glad you picked that one. I was going to go with Tampa Beach Vibes, but I would much rather talk about Nier Replicant. This is one of the okay. I did a review of Near Automata many, many moons ago in the early days of uh theloftistparty.com. Near Automata is one of the best video games you've never played. It is fantastic. The story is great. The art direction is phenomenal. It starts off as a like a, a a first person game. So you're walking around in first person, you're on the space station, blah blah blah, you take your mission, and then it's a top-down game, almost like uh, like Galaga was. Then so you're looking it, down at the characters, the character moves through the environment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. then it's a side scroller, like you know, like the mechanics of uh, like a Super Mario type game where you're going from left to right, yada yada yada. Then it goes back to third person. It just, it's constantly flipping. You'll have a boss battle that's a top down fight. You'll have an, another boss battle that's first person or third person. You're, you're like shifting seamlessly between these genres. The art direction doesn't change, right? So everything looks the same. It's just the style changes, which I found to be incredibly fun. And this game, uh, is, is just the, the art direction, it's iconic. It's iconic. So, Near Automata is the third in a series of these games. Uh, and I, I, I'm, I'm horrible. I can't remember the game that started at all. So, you, you've got this original game available only in Japan, and there's like 40-some different possible endings. One of those possible endings, they did a sequel game, which was Near Replicant. And then after near replicant, it has multiple endings. One of those endings becomes near automata. So near replicant was only available in Japan for the longest time. And now they've they've redone the game uh, with with better graphics and all that. And it's coming out for PlayStation mm-hmm. April twenty sixth. I didn't even have to read the article; I've got it memorized. I'm like a kid on Christmas. <laughs> I cannot wait. And this character that we meet, uh, this android two B is her name is just some of the best cosplay ever. If you if you know anything about cosplay, you've already seen girls dressed up as 2B and it's just it's just a the the look is just so cool. She's got like almost grayish white hair, this cool haircut. Usually she's using a, a blindfold. She's a uh, she's a an android, so she doesn't really use her eyes. It's more like cosmetic, but these this little jacket and this it the, the look of it it's so she's so hardcore she's so it's such an incredibly sexy looking character she has a giant sword it's everything good if you ever want to play a good video game go out and get near automata and then set your alarm for April 26th and get near replicant and it is just a uh, it is a feast for the eyes.
2: Now, have have you ever done uh, dressed up as a character yourself? Have you ever done any cosplay? I, dude, I was doing it when when I was a little
0: kid. And we'll say this, and then we'll we'll have to move on with the rest of the show. We've gone so long. We've gone so long. When I was a kid, like Star Wars, I was a, a wee tiny pup. Star Wars hit me. Like, like a thunderbolt, like just, I had never seen anything like it, ba, 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 All I wanted to be was Luke Skywalker for Halloween. Now I'm, I'm really, really young and there was no, there were no toys. There was, there certainly wasn't any costumes. My mom knew a woman who was a seamstress. So I had to, and I delivered this, this lady's uh, newspaper. I, I had a newspaper out when I was like seven years old. So I deliver this woman's newspaper. My mom got us in contact and I, I, I went to and got like a, uh, a, a magazine that had Luke Skywalker, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, like an article. So I had pictures. There was no internet. So I hand this woman a picture of Luke Skywalker uh, on Tatooine. And she's like, Oh yeah, I can make that. Cause it's pretty much just like a robe that he's wearing. And there's some leg wraps and all this other stuff. So, she's going to make me a Luke Skywalker outfit. I'm going to be the coolest. I'm going to be the coolest like seven year old (laughs) on planet earth. My friend, Sean Kellison, who's the same age as I am. uh, He was going to dress up as like Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, just like in a Brown robe. And so we go to the hardware store and we got wooden dowel rods and we got uh, like, that, that paint that glows in the dark, the day glow, like the paint. So he painted his dowel rod uh, red. I painted mine blue. We made little handles for him. And dude, trick or treat <laughs> comes around. He shows up at my house with his wooden lightsaber looking like Obi-Wan Kenobi. I got my lightsaber looking like Luke Skywalker and we are just straight up cosplay. Straight up cosplay, yada yada yada. We go, we go to like the first house, and I'm ready for this person to be shocked, just shocked <laughs> at how good our costumes are. And she goes, "Ooh, look at you! What, are you a ghost?" <laughs> <laughs> and she looks at my friend Sean, and she's like, "And and I don't even I don't even know what you are." And it was like uh just a giant kick in the nards (laughs) and so the rest of the night like little kids knew who we were kind of but the adults had no idea but man that was like one of my favorite halloweens ever and we would just we we, we just had laser sword fights and whack these dow rods we were like the coolest kids and the adults didn't get it and we were the weird (laughs) outsiders and they thought (laughs) i was a they thought I had a horrible ghost outfit and my my buddy was like a bum. They thought he was like a <laughs> bum who was wearing a bathrobe. So, yeah, I'm well, ready
2: that, to that's do more cosplay. Oh, Obi-Wan was basically a bum anyway, so that's okay. Well, that's <laughs> that's what he wanted you to think. I haven't heard that name since, oh, before your follow before your <laughs> was born. He was one of the
0: best star violets in the galaxy. Okay, <laughs> that is what's on the web with Paul. You guys got to go to the Loftus Party. There's so much more. So much we didn't even get into. So stick around um, and Gimlet and I are going to be right back but we're going to be over on the uh, the Patreon side of things I'm going to I'm going to ask you really this is the first time I've ever really done this sign up for the Patreon we, we, we got to get mo- we got to get rolling we got to get we got to get motivated I know there's a lot of good people over on Patreon they're getting a lot more show we're going to keep doing more and more extra stuff for the Patreon people, uh, but it's it's time for us to hit the gas with this thing. Woo! Okay. Uh, thank you so much, Paul. Thank you for what's on the web, and we will see you guys over on the Patreon side. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, buddy. I'll talk to you soon.